there it goes, homies. It's Keep Up with Stilvin Sane and Osla Milo. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the show. Here I am with uh, my dear compadres, Harry, and we got us. Osla Milo, like I said. Like I said, how many times do I have to fucking repeat myself? <laughs> anyway, welcome back. Welcome back. Let's get into some topics. What the fuck happened? Let's get into something real silly. Well, is it silly? I don't know. Maybe it's like normal nowadays. But uh, the trikini. I was looking through a magazine and I had to look online to see if it was verified and real. But a trikini, it's kind of what you're thinking. It's a three-piece bikini. It's covering your, you know, your breasts, your, your boob and bust area. It's also, you know, covering uh, the landing strip. You know, you got the bottom area. And then you're also covering the second landing strip, the other, the other, the other pussy to mouth. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so now like we, we used to make fun of countries that like, you know, covered themselves religiously, traditionally in garb. We used to make fun of China, a lot of even Chinese Americans, Korean Americans. Even when I went to the Philippines, they had a lot of masks, but now we're the new Chinese people. What do you think, Oscar? Um, well, you know, I saw this started to happen and, uh, one of the, an Italian company over there, designer uh tizina it's one of those designer companies that once they start a trend everybody's going to jump on it and now because people they're starting to reopen up everybody's you know rushing to get these things and like come on seriously first i'm not going to rush to go to the beach or anywhere public right now because of what we're going through so it's just you know they're trying to just get money that's all it is it's all about money in the end Get get that cream get that money now i feel you on that i feel you on it but um Hey, no, you, why not? Why not get all pieces in one? Why not try like a, we live, we used to live near Jamaica Avenue. I'm sure you want to get it all piece in one. So if we're going to get a mask, why do I need to go to a separate spot to mask my coochie and mask my mouth? Come on, Oscar. Come on. Get with the program, Oscar. Get with the time. I'm joking. <laughs> Drew Brees and... I don't even know what the coach's first name, Fangio. What's his first name? I forgot. Harry, what's the head coach, uh, Fangio, from uh, the Denver Broncos' first name? It's not that important, but whatever. Alexia Beachwater, the Italian designer. Oh, yeah, that's what you were calling. Alexia Beachwater. Yeah. For uh, for the Trichini. The Mm -hmm. Trichini. Italian designer company. But anyway, so now we're on to Drew Brees. And I would like to start off by a funny meme that I sent to the crew. Um, it was a Madden attribute. Uh, did you see that, Oscar? No. Oh, my bad. Um, so they had this attribute list from the Madden uh, gameplay from the interface. Oh. And it had all his like, good attributes. And everything was like high, obviously, because you know Drew Brees is still playing at a high level. And uh, one of them was zero awareness. awareness. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter, actually. And it was, I started sending it around because, uh, you know, the guy – the guy should be more aware of what's going on. Lead us in this topic, by the way. You're you're really into sports, so lead us in this topic, please. Yeah, so, you know, he, he went out and publicly went on, um, I think it was Yahoo Finance, and he's been interviewed about what's going on, and he decides to bring up his grandparents who both fought in the, world, in the Second World War. And, you know, that's great and that's honorable, but that's not why people um, – that's not why Kaepernick kneeled. We all know why, especially if we're of color. So, you know, his comments, you can't say something like that and sound so ignorant, especially when you're one of your best wide receivers, Michael Thomas, goes on and, you know, they started 
basically posting on Twitter, you're wrong. And, you know, big, big props. Yeah. Big props for LeBron putting, you know, putting him in in his place also for what he said, you know, he was the first one that you're like, Oh shit, LeBron checked him. And, you know, and and then hypocrisy of Laura Ingraham from uh, Fox news who told him to shut up and dribble. Yep. Oh, and they actually debuted that series um, on Showtime. um, I think about a week and a half ago. For the first episode, shut up and dribble. Right, by him. <laughs> yeah, Making money so, off her words. <laughs> yep. So you know, it's he. He went back right, right the same night, and on on ESPN, he put out a um, you know, a statement that said he was wrong because PR is going to handle this. You know, he's about, yeah. You're right. Twice though, twice yeah. had to apologize, and then and I didn't believe either one. Be honest. Exactly. You could you could see right away like he's doing this because there's money involved and he's Drew Brees. He shouldn't have spoken about that and and the way he did to begin with. You know, there's a there's a reason why people are going out and protesting. I think tonight is what the 11th or 10th night in a row, it, which I'm sure it's going to happen. You know, and um, uh, another update on that: they lifted the curfew, so there's no longer a curfew because nobody's following it really. So. They're not following CDC guidelines. They're not following the curfew. Yeah. New Yorkers just, we ain't shit and we don't give a shit. It's yeah. all good. I'm going to try out to, by the way, there was uh, a couple of people that stood for Breeze. Uh, Davenport, that's one of his teammates. That's the only one I know that really stood up for him as a teammate. Charles Barkley also said that it was overkill. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, the responses were, he said that, you know, you should be able to state your opinion. Obviously, Laura Ingram, like I said, the double standard, she said that Drew Brees should not be persecuted for his opinion. She also made a statement after LeBron James made that comment about Drew Brees saying that his father-in-law, with the hot-ass Savannah, his wife is so hot. Um, sorry, no, had to pay tribute. Had to pay tribute. But um, so he said that his father-in-law, you know, and, and many other black, Michael Wolbon, many people that have fought in the service, um, they came back and they didn't have the GI Bill to come back to. They had segregation to come back to. I saw a movie called Mudbound. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was on uh, Netflix with Mary J. Blige. Mm-hmm. Um, that showed a scene where he had come back from war and he was still like in a plantation area and he was um, these white people were coming at him and they showed him no respect for being a veteran whatsoever. This guy fought and almost died to protect their rights. And yet they viewed him as, you know, a lowly black person. And uh, we, (laughs) and unfortunately we're still in those times and I don't want that to always be the subject of the show, but this is what we're living. Drew Brees and Roger Goodell. We didn't even put that on the outline because that's so it's pretty much breaking news. He freaking four years too late apologized. Talk about that. Yeah, now he goes on and makes a statement because everybody is putting out statements right now. And not only does he um, half-ass apologize, but he doesn't even he doesn't even decide to bring up Kaepernick or anything, as if he's not giving him recognition oh, yeah. for he's the one who started this. So you know, it's like everybody's yep. backtracking, but they're also putting their foot in their mouth. It's like, come on, guys. You know, we look at what look at what's oh, going on. That's you know. True. Yeah, you're right. Stay blessed. Stay blessed. Anyway, so let's move on. What the fuck did I hear? All right. Um, not the hugest Lady Gaga fan, but I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, in this today's uh, streaming era, there's not a lot of people that sell a lot of albums. 53K is not a lot. 
uh, back in the day, me and Oscar, uh, like I said, we went to middle school together, so we're around the same age. And uh, we remember the days where people were going diamond, people which uh, diamond is 10 million units. Carlos Santana's done that, and Sync has done that, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Nelly, Ja Rule. 50 Cent. A lot of people have gone diamond. Jay-Z. Yeah. The record... The record for most albums souls ever, I think, is Voice to Men, and they beat the Commodores, and that was like around 30-something million records. Wow. And I think the most solo of all time is still uh, Michael Jackson. Um, I think it's like around 30-something million copies for uh, Thriller. And uh, he still owns a record for pre-sales, too. He went double platinum before the album even hit stores. Wow. So... Exactly. So Michael Jackson, whether he touched boy, little boys' buttholes or not, still a very impressive career. King of pop. So uh, she sold 53,000 copies in one week, and it's the best of the sales so far this week. Uh, I mean, this year, 2020. So congrats to her. Uh, I noticed that there was another uh, Joy Division. We don't have to talk about that too long because we talked about that on another episode. Um, this time it was love will tear us apart it's this show that i'm watching called normal people uh it's about this irish couple that's not supposed to be together and this guy named connell he uh he makes like all these jerkhead moves that just keeps them apart so it's just really annoying and it's like very very uh romantic it's like dear john someone actually shout out to sophia she recommended it like the affair a lot of soft porn whatever it's it's okay i wouldn't recommend it but it's pretty good and this is on Hulu, um, correct? This is on Hulu. It's actually highly rated. It's very highly rated. It's like in the 90s, actually. But um, I don't know if you're into that. Actually, you might be because you're into Dawson's Creek. So maybe you are into that. It's very, very like... <laughs> yes, I it's, am a very sappy. It's very sappy. It's like watching The Notebook, but in like 12 episodes. It's like... Oh, my God. Exactly. So... <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like on episode nine, and I'm just like, oh my god. But anyway, it's okay. It's okay. Um, like you said, curfew ends. Why? Why is that on here? Anyway, um, let's get to. Oh, I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask um, Harry and uh, Oscar. What are your favorite? Like from television series, what is your favorite soundtrack? Weed from television. Weeds. That's I a love good the choice. soundtrack from. I'm not talking about the theme music, though, but yes. Oh, they always had, like, dope music in general. Right. All right, there we go. Even at the end credits, like, I enjoyed the soundtrack from Weeds. I felt like the music they used fit in the scenes they were using. Nice. Fuck these glasses. This This might sound cheesy, but out of all the series that I've watched that I pretty much enjoyed, the one that I've no, well, since uh, since I was a teenager, but um, I think the one that that really comes to mind right away is because the amount of uh, different aspects that I had was the Sopranos because they would give you your Italian music, but then they would give you Urban with the younger characters, um, with Meadow and and the bro- and the brother. So, I fucking hate yeah, I fucking hate the Joe. My like I said, my parents are watching Breaking Bad, and they they just finished finally. They just finished well, not finally. They did it in like a week. Those fucking lunatics. What else are they gonna do? But uh, exactly, but whatever. They they binged the shit out of it, and uh, it was cool because I got to like walk in on a few parts that I really really enjoyed from the series. Nice. But uh, their soundtrack is sick. My favorite soundtrack is uh, wow. Actually, I don't know what my I'd like. Ask that question. Uh, maybe. Maybe skins. 
British Skins. That's like my favorite soundtrack. Right now, the one that I'm enjoying the most, though, is from the show that we're all watching that we'll talk about a little later, uh, Rami. And I, I, we all, I think we all finished it, yep. right? Did we all finish? I did. Nice. So we'll talk about that in just a few seconds. What the fuck did I watch? All right, we're gonna uh, let's uh, actually g- give us give us your take on Rami, uh, Oscar. Well, this was a show you guys recommended, and you know we're run- like running out of things to watch on all these networks. I got so, I got all types of suggestions left left over, bro. So got that's you. good. So I I went on, you know, and right away it was uh, it's actually pretty cool because you get to see the perspective of somebody who's from the Middle East. You know, um, I don't know about you, Absolutely. yeah, you know, we had a lot of um, a lot of um, our classmates in, in high school and junior high school that that were from those countries, you know, and they were always very humble. But this gives you a really good. Um, Feeling of what he's it's like from Egypt, to, to not live. the Middle East. Okay, that is the Middle East. It is. No, no, it's. A, I mean, it's well, Africa, he said he says Middle it's East. Africa, but you know, it's still counted. It's the Middle East. Okay. Well, he it's says the, it's not the Middle East of Asia. It's the Middle East, but well, <laughs> anyway, basically, it's you know, it's really good because you get to see the life of what somebody from over there has experienced as a, an, an immigrant. Even if you were born over here, you know, you get to see his parents' life. What born over here? No, He's no, I know. Yeah, yeah, so I'm saying, but his parents are, it's basically like what I've lived through, you know, even though I was in born here, I was mm-hmm. raised here, but it's just, it's such a good um, way of watching his life, you know, and they, they have one, not to spoil anything, but they have an episode where they show him as a teenager during 9-11, you know, and we all, rem- I can remember what we were in ninth grade when that happened. So, it, And they don't usually have the perspective of an actual Muslim Arabic. Yeah, and you know, watching this show, it really gives you an insight of what the religion is like, you know, um, doing the, the mudu or whatever that is. Um, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm butchering it, but it was really good, you know? Yeah. yeah the cleaning, the cleaning for Allah. Yeah. So it just gives you a real, <laughs> and you know, it gives you a perspective of how they communicate, how they greet each other, how they believe in love mm-hmm. and everything. And it's a really beautiful religion. I know I've seen, I've seen some of it, but not to the point where they showed it on the show, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, and big shout-out to Marshall Ali, two-time Academy Award winner. He's a big focus in uh, season two. Um, I won't spoil anything, but Rami is not a good person. <laughs> he's not, not yeah. a good guy. He tries to – he's like a lot of uh, proto, uh, archetypes. He's like a lot of protagonists. They try too hard to be uh, righteous, They try, and they don't care who they hurt in between to get there just to like, you know, be righteous or be one with God or to be centered or to find their life's purpose. And that's exactly what he is, but he's amazing. He's so good at it. The characters are amazing. The casting is awesome. The people are gorgeous. Everything to me is authentic. I'm not Middle Eastern. I'm not Arabic. I'm not Muslim. I do have a Muslim in my family. My dad is Muslim, but he's a convert. He's American. So it's not the same in my eyes, at least. Um, I've seen him celebrate uh, Ramadan Mubarak, all those type of things, and it's really cool to actually apply that. I hope he does watch it because he doesn't really have too many things culture-wise as far as his Muslim faith is concerned on television, yeah. and especially with a modern Muslim like that. I think he, I believe, like in real life, he's like in his early thirties, like us. So I even suggested, like we said, the soundtrack. Um, it's a it's a great mix of different Middle Eastern, um, from different Middle Eastern countries. And it also has a good mix. There was also the, the original Big Pimpin' uh, song. Yes, I had I to Google that. Yeah. I Googled yeah, it and I'm like, I'm like, this. that's Big Pimpin', I'm hearing in Indian. Yeah, 
Middle Eastern, absolutely. And absolutely. I put that out, and it's right on YouTube. They have the original beat with that song. It was uploaded like eight years ago. It's just, you know, it really shows you what the the life is like on that side, you know? Like, um, growing up in Jamaica, Queens, I had a lot of Guyanese and Indian um, culture all around me, and I was friends with many of them. So it's pretty cool to actually see inside their life, you know, what they believe in, what they eat, how they pray. And, you know, we've seen plenty of shows that cover um, many things, many cultures. But if you keep giving us a different dive into different cultures, that's something that we're looking for. And like you said, it's true. I don't, I don't like seeing the same old thing. And I like to see different lenses. I like to see different views. I like to see demographics that, like, I don't really know much about. Like, I want to see Pose. That's about the gay community, the gay fashion community. Um, there's another show called Betty that is, you know, I don't really watch that show, many shows about the lesbian community. So, like, I'm always trying to find a different perspective because, like, how else are you going to know? Unless I meet these people, and especially in today's time where I'm not going to be able to meet them too much. And especially if it's made by the group that actually is a part of the subject. Yes. Um, I saw uh, I saw a before we move on to another movie, um, I saw um, a statistic that The Help right now is one of the number one movies being streamed in the in these last month. The Octavia Help. Spencer and Viola Davis and mm-hmm. um, I believe um, Emma Stone. Yes. Yes. And uh, it's pretty much like Green Book. It's pretty much like a white person's uh, view of like mm-hmm. you know how race relations were. She ate the shit pie. What's her name? Dallas. Uh, oh, I know. Dallas Howard. So hot. Yes, exactly. Great movie. Great movie. But um, definitely not indicative. Definitely not something you should look as like a playbook. Just like what's that movie called um, with Sandra Bullock? Uh, the uh, The Blind Side. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All these white saviors. That's what we like to call that. White savior white for white people. Movies. Exactly, white guilt, where they had to look like make themselves feel good about what was happening during civil rights, and it wasn't good. Anyway, let's move on real quick. I think we all watched Dave, right? Yes, I have. Um, yeah, I, I've only seen a, uh, the little bit that I saw with you guys uh, that one time, so I have sure, to catch no, up on that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, tell it's, us a little bit about it, Mary. So Dave is basically, um, y'all heard a little Dicky, one of the greatest white rappers of all time. Uh, right. I have to say white rappers. I have to say white rappers. But, uh, what, are, what are your songs? Uh, what are your songs? Save That Money. Uh, he has a lot. Shit. Now you put me on the spot. Uh, dig, dig, Chris not Brown. Suck my dick. Um, uh, no, Freaky that was, Friday. That, was, that, was big, Freaky. that had a lot of collaborations on it, too. He did. He also did um, a male uh, pregame party. That's another one. All right, let's get back to the show. What, what is the show about? So basically Dave is about – it's a – I guess a impression of him becoming a rapper. It's He's the main character. It's about Little Dicky becoming a big-time rapper, you know. But it's kind of like yeah. a joke on him. I, I've noticed as like a parry version of his life coming up as a comedic rapper or as a rapper in general. So it's basically, it dwells within his upcoming to becoming a rapper. True, and he's already mainstream. Yeah, yeah it like it's it a like self-identifying teetered. movie. I've known it's a show. Like at the last episode, you find out the show's more about identifying who he is as a person than true. You know what? We and one of the producers is Jeff uh, Schaefer. He's the same guy from Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's a fucking hilarious show. One of my favorite parts, actually, is a very serious moment when they go through uh, what his hype man uh, admits that he's bipolar. Yeah. It's something you don't usually see on a black television show. It's something that, well, I would say it's a black television show because most of the cast members actually are black. There's like three white people <laughs> in the show. 
little Diggy and like maybe like his roommates and stuff and his girlfriend. Yeah, that's everybody it. else. So it's it feels it has like a great creative team. FX continues just like Atlanta, um, just like many of its great shows. Uh, FX is amazing, especially with their comedy shows. Especially if you give me, the, I mean, I saw a little bit with you guys, but if you tell me that it has anything to do with um, the fact that it involves Seinfeld, I'm sold. Oh, Jeff Schaefer, yeah, Jeff Schaefer is the legend in the game. Uh, I forgot he's done so many. If you look him up, he's done a lot, but he's a legend in the comedy game. And he was really young when he was doing Seinfeld. So, you know, he's, he's just going to keep going. Just going to keep going. So, we, um, I watched a horror movie. I'll tell you real quick. It was called The Wretched. It was um, about um, this witch in the woods. Um, they've mentioned, it's like your typical, it's it's a root witch. And they've mentioned it on Sabrina before. But obviously, Sabrina is not a horror. Like, you know, it is dark. But it's not a horror flick. And this one was horror. This one, mm-hmm. they didn't give a fuck. There was a scene where, like, a witch was eating, like, uh, like you could see the freaking ligaments in her mouth from a kid. And I'm like, oh, well, that's the type of movie I'm on right now. I watched it in the dark. I didn't regret watching it in the dark. But holy shit. It was very scary. It was in 2017. Wow. Not like, not like you know, astounding. But they executed it well. Not amazing graphics. But, like, they did the job. Mm-hmm. So definitely recommend the wretched if you're definitely into horror. One of the one of the uh, freaking genres that's dying, but it's trying to make a little comeback. And uh, Harry, you watched the Disaster Artist? I have a movie. James Franco got robbed. Well, you know he got me too, so he, rightfully so. Yeah. But uh, what what is it about? So the room, or not, it's about the creation of the movie The Room, which is the worst. Right. This is the greatest worst movie of all time. Who made that movie? A job. Wiseau, Tommy Wiseau was the guy, one of the guys who made it. That's right, baby. No one knows mm-hmm. how old he is, what the fuck, how how he has money. I got, I got my money. Yeah, they just they, <laughs> they don't know where he's from, how old he is. They just know he's rich. That's and he's weird. That's the only information they receive. So basically, it shows it's, how uh, the room got considered made. the worst movie of all time, but also one of the best yeah. because it's so bad. It's so bad, it's good. <laughs> like and like so. You ever seen it out there? Say it again. I couldn't hear you. You ever seen it, Oscar? Yes, I have. The room. Uh, that, 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 uh, that hearing aid moment was brought to you by Apple. <laughs> Apple sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the disaster artist. Yes. Uh, you, so you've never seen the room, Oscar? No, I haven't seen the room. So I've only seen the. Um... Very bad. Very bad. But it's funny yeah. though. You'll laugh, right. and it's very funny because the disaster artist. The reason why it's like as good as Harry is uh, advertising is because they literally copy scene for scene. Yes. Like they literally like, and like freaking made it mirror like to what they did when they first shot the movie. Wow. So like, even when, so they show, it's like the the movie is about the making pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And showing him, but it's also side by side, pretty much showing like how they recorded it back then. And it's identical. And it's like really impressive. So now the, of the of the filmmaker by James Franco is impeccable. So now, if you're recommending, obviously there are two. In which order do you watch them in? The, uh, the room. The room first. Okay. Because it's okay. Cause that's what it's making. It's that's what it's uh, showing how it got created, and like the process okay. with Tommy Wiseau and like his partner, who's like the other main character in the movie. Okay. I have a friend that met him. The uh, Tommy. Oh wow. <laughs> That dude is nuts. Oh, and, that dude uh, is. Dave Franco is also in the movie. He, they play opposite each other. 
That's right. His uh, his his brother. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Short brother. All right. What the fuck did I play? And uh, I'm gonna keep it a little old school. I I started getting back into Uncharted. Uh, I'm only on part two, by the way, so we're not going to talk about it too much, Sully and all that. Uh, watch out uh, for the movie that's going to come out, I believe, next year with uh, Tom Holland and is uh, I forgot Mark, who's playing Sully. Is it Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg. One of them. Yeah, gotcha. That's going to be great. I, I like the fact that they're going younger for the character. What do you think about that? Hey, uh, hey. Did you play any Uncharted? You know that I remember Uncharted was one of the first PS3 games, I believe. And yeah, yeah, along with Assassin's Creed back in the day, and I I played the first one, and I remember it feeling like a like a like a Tomb Raider with a male version, sort of. It was, it was very much like Tomb Raider. Yeah. Very, what it is? Like, not, not much different, to be yeah, honest. No, just with, with like <laughs> a little. They're still good though. Yeah, they're they're good. You know, I just I I can't get into the story. Uh, the gameplay is amazing. You know, the graphics and everything they bring to the table. But the story of Drake, it's never been something I liked. You know, I just feel like it's a it's a copy of another game. And even though it's good, I, I'm not a big fan. It's just my take on it. You know, it takes a lot to impress you give me. Gave up on reason to get these synopses, to get <laughs> these reviews. <laughs> it takes a lot to, imp- to impress me in a game. And, and Drake just didn't do it, you know. He was basically a modern-day version of Lara Croft in new graphics. Yeah, to see the story. Lara Croft, there's different parts to it. Lara Croft's father is rich and he's, not, he's dead. Then you have then you have freaking um, Sully. It's actually, in Tomb Raider, you don't have um, the double play. You don't have the dual action. Mm-hmm. Like, Sully actually follows you and he helps you. And like, if you have to like get lifted up into places, so it's a lot. It's a lot different. I hear you though. I hear you, Naughty Dog. But that's another one you should try again, man. And it's cheap. I think it's like free online now. Yeah, they have a, uh, they have a bunch of games right now. Yeah, a lot of oh, these yeah, games man. are on sale right now. So I, I mean, I saw God of War, the the most recent one for ten dollars. I was, Yo, I was so actually thinking. Of, I spent sixty bucks on that game, and now. It's but you see, that's 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 one of the reasons why games like that, even though they're great. Sometimes don't buy them right away unless you're going to play them right at the second. Because I bought Tomb Raider when it first came out. Or or your friends uh, hold your game hostage. (laughs) Sekiro. I didn't even play the game. I knew that game was too hard for you. No, it's not that it was too hard. I just didn't. I didn't even try it, to be honest with you. I didn't even play it. Now, something that I have been playing again, and this is weird that I'm saying this, but I actually deleted NBA 2K after I got it, after like maybe four months because they messed up the franchise mode. So I went back into it, finally downloaded it again, and I saw that you've been playing, so we got to play. Um, oh, but yeah, also, man. they you, fixed you see the... that I was playing, You saw that I was playing one-on-one on the black court? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So they, yeah. did, they did fix the franchise, which is it's about time. It only took them like almost a full year. Um, you know, we're about to get the NBA back, so I guess I got that uh, itch to play some basketball again. Nice. We'll, play. we'll definitely play. Oh, my God. Yo, I'm on Developmental League. It's so awesome, but we're not going to get into that anymore. Um, I want to talk real quick. I've never played this game, but it seemed very interesting. Uh, Catherine's Full Body. Uh, the first game came out in 2011. It's basically a um, a simulation like romance game actually like um back in the day like with um luxury larry where like you're basically picking the scenarios to be honest it's a little uh uh, it's a little similar to like the flash games in porn where like you get to pick like the scenarios and like 
which one, like what action happens next. So Catherine's full body is going to premiere first on Switch. A lot of people say that it's a dumbed-down version of the game that they first came out in 2011, and it's also going to get released on the rest of the platforms. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And let's move on. So I'm not really into, uh, like, Switch, I am. I have a Switch, but I'm not, I don't usually get it. I don't usually play the adventure games that they have on the lineup, but that actually seemed pretty cool, so I'm definitely going to try to at least check it out. Nice. They have a demo, by the way, available on Switch. What the fuck did I say? And uh, I must say, so this week's episode, and we won't get it wrong this time. I'm sure some of you guys peeped that. And it got fucking darker over there, bro. What the hell? Not enough. Um, money where your couch is. Now, the original phrase is money where your mouth is or, you know, uh, wherever the dick goes. Who knows? But... Um, Money where your couch is. The reason why I say that is a lot of people don't back up what they say. So one of the things that I've never really backed up what they say, and I've said this many times, I've never, ever been to an actual protest. I've never been to Occupy Wall Street. I've never been to Zuccotti. I've never been anywhere. I wasn't alive for the good ones either. The I was too little for the Million Man March, the first one. I was, I, maybe, I think it was in college for the second Million Man March. Um, I had a chance to go to the William, the Women's March. Uh, didn't get to go to that. I wanted to go to the inauguration, but I was working for someone and they wouldn't let me like advertise like for politics or something like that. So, like I said, so a lot of people talk a lot of big game. We've seen all these protests. We've seen everybody out the Wu-Zang, like, you know, freaking making their points across. But um, unless they're making real action, That's what's true. the point? And say they were me. Say they were me. My bad. You get uh, my bad. I didn't mean to. Cut no, you go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, I will. I'm what you consider what Kanye calls a house Negro. I like <laughs> to make the change from the inside. And my grandfather didn't say that phrase to me, but my grandfather pretty much said that growing up. <laughs> that like you don't really always have to be on the picket line. Sometimes you have to like you have to infiltrate. And in order to like be around people, like you have to like fake the funk until you actually make it. So yes, I know that's a funny phrase to say, house Negro and stuff like that. But um, yeah, man, I'm not I'm not sacrificing my life to I'm not sacrificing my career. Um, I love this podcast. I have a day job. Oscar has a day job. He's a family. Harry, you know, we have we all have day jobs. We all have bad career aspirations. But some people will risk that for overall change. I'm just not one of them. I, I like to make the change from the inside. Yeah. And, you know, like to add on to that, and it's not about um that we're not the protest type. It's just we have to look at the overall picture. And, you know, I, I have a lot of people that I've seen on Instagram, cousins, uh, Tracy, um, Kyle, my, um, my cousin Christian, Tracy's younger brother, you know, and thank you for doing that, you know, because I can't do that. I can't go out right. there and protest. And I, yeah. And I've seen so many people doing it and, you know, even, and I've also seen a lot of people um, also post, you know, if, if you can't do it this way, do it another way. And they give you a full list of ways to, to do it. So it's just an important time that we have to remember, you know, we're getting um, news sometimes that Jackson Heights was almost looted a couple of days ago. So they had to board up yes. all up and down there and you see it all over the news. You know, we heard something about Glendale, people coming here and starting to break cards. It's like, come on, you know, it's, but people are doing it you know they're protesting is just be be safe out there you know and just gotta be careful out there that's all you know with everything that's going on we just have to be aware what happened looting is not protest 
Well, tell that to the rioters when Martin Luther King died. Yeah, you <laughs> People know, looting for six straight days, and then the Civil Rights Act uh, got passed. So, looting yeah. works, to be honest. And you know, um, there's something something good has come out of this. Um, I heard three of the statues in a southern state were taken down this weekend, and good. and it was done overnight, which is awesome. Yeah, and you know, but you know, this was the mayor of a city down south that actually overnight said we're removing these they're done you know and that that's awesome we need to see more of that and you know hopefully things can start to change you know little by little people are gonna have to protest we don't know how long this is gonna go i say it can go probably till the end of the month no it's funny that you mentioned this statues we talked about it before in the 60s it was a plot by republican and southern democrats um even to this day there's a lot of some southern democrats uh even in louisiana that is like pro-life, um, not, you know, <laughs> a little bit on the borderline racist, or at least doesn't really show it out in public. But um, what were you saying? Time check. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm like reading notes out loud and shit like that. But um, shout out to Philando Castile, by the way. I just sh- I just saw uh, today, um, unfortunately, the cop got away. That's the, the uh, gentleman that uh, announced that he had a gun in the car. Yeah. And his uh, his partner was in the in the passenger seat, and the cops still shot him. The, you know, even though he said he had a gun, and he's like, "I have a registered gun," I you know, I'm all licensed and ready to go. And the, and the cops still shot him, and and he got away with it. And I want to make a I want to make a point out there real quick. Um, I, I don't at least the movement that I'm a part of, uh, Black Lives Matter. I don't know what the fucking Tifa is. I know that I'm anti-fascist, but I don't know like if we're part of that group or not. Um, even the looters, I don't, I don't condone. I don't condone, you know, people hurting people. Shout out to the policemen that all resigned for pushing that dude, that old man in Buffalo. What the fuck? Um, yeah, you're gonna have to choose sides, and I don't know where Oscar's side is. I'm not gonna speak for this crew, but I'm for defunding the police. I think the budget has ballooned way too much, and they're not diverting funds to making the police better. So I don't want to keep paying taxes to people that kill my people. I'd rather go to, towards community programming. Yeah, you know we've seen it, Vince. Uh, just like you said, we we see we see how much of the money is going to them, and these numbers are they're staggering. You know, there's a lot better ways to to help communities. You know, I I came to this country. I lived in between Ravenswood and Queensbridge, so you get to see all of the aspects of it. You know, all the way to where I moved to Jamaica, and you saw where, the areas that were affected. So we need to stop sending the money where it shouldn't go, and send it to help these communities. Yeah. And everybody loves the Second Amendment until a black person is holding a gun. So to be honest, even when the black black Panthers were policing their communities a while ago until, you know, people tried to deem it as like a terrorist organization, just like the KKK, we saw black Klansmen. It's not the only movie. It's not the only material that shows, you know, how deeply rooted the KKK and white supremacy is in the police department. That's not Colorado is not the only place. Denver, Colorado is not the only place that cops are deeply rooted with KKK and racism. It's not. And it's still there. And there's some places that just don't want a police force there anymore. They want private policing. We mentioned this before. Kanye West has his own fire department. Yeah, true. We're making a big stink about it. When they were having the fires, when they, they continue to have fires, they're mm-hmm. never not going to have fires. If you live in California, you're going to have fires. And people were, were screaming because... He his fire was being put out while his neighbors were still engulfed in flames, and he has a private fire department because his neighborhood doesn't have a local municipality. 
So everybody has to pay individually for a fire department. That's crazy. And Unfortunately, I think that's what we're going to have to do with policing. I don't think that the government, which is funny because Republicans want everything to be deregulated, but they want police enforcement to be part of the government. Yeah. And, you know, just uh, just to wrap it up really quick, um, thank you to everybody who's listened to us in these last uh, couple episodes. Hopefully we can make um, some type of entertainment in your day. And just thank you for listening. And hopefully we're not that dumb. Hopefully we're making some information. If we have, if we have any corrections, we're not like the all be all. It's all good. So if you have any corrections, if we, if you disagree with something, if you agree with something, please hit us up. Get on our comment threads. Get on Sylvan Singh. Get on Osla Malo. Get on Jew Bear. Get on Keep Up NYC for Instagram. Get up on Keep Up NY for Twitter. Get on Oscar's Twitter. Talk to him. Fucking make fun of him for you know that that little silly afro he has got going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I like it. I like his little. I like his little Kobe. His little Kobe fro. Um, also, uh, what else do we have? We have the official Facebook uh, group. Uh, keep up, shut up. We also have what else do we have? We have a Patreon account, the Keep Up Podcast. We're on Twitch. Uh, John Estrella is our moderator and engineer. He helps uh, edit the videos, helps edit the audio. Does a very good job of that. Um, so if you want to catch him on Twitch, please go on Thundercat John. That is spelled with a K dot TTV. We're also on there as well. Let's get down to the outro, motherfuckers. <laughs> you better listen up. Oh, no, my bad. Whoa, I'm the one fucking it up now. Whoa, whoa. Here we are. Here we are. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Take two. You better shut the fuck up. Listen up. And keep up <laughs> with those Lamala and Sylvan saying over and out. Oh, We're gonna get it right one day. <laughs> <laughs> Not next time. <laughs>